It's over breakfast. Jesus is on the shore of Galilee. He's on the beach actually with, with Peter. And uh, He calls him to come off the boat. And this is after Jesus has been crucified. And, and He hunts Peter down. Like literally hunts him down and, and says, I want to have, have breakfast with you and the boys. Do you all have any fish? And they're like, no, we don't have any fish. And He says, hey, cast it on the other side. And they catch like 159 fish or something. There's actually a literal number in the Bible on how many fish they catch. They come over and they begin to cook the fish. They have grilled fish for breakfast. Yum. And as they're having breakfast, Jesus pulls Peter aside. He says, do you love me? Peter says, yeah, God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. He asks him again, do you love me? And Peter sees getting frustrated and he says, I love you. You know everything. He asks him again and kind of the same response. And what you see is Jesus undoing all of the things that Peter had done to him with his response. And Peter would go on, as, as history would say, Peter would go on to found the church in Jerusalem to preach the Gospel. And, and he would, church history says this, that, that when he was, all the, all the disciples were martyred. They were all, their lives were taken for the faith. And when it was Peter's turn, they wanted to crucify him. And he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like him. Crucify me upside down. Not worthy. Before this, Peter would write um, some letters to the church, probably in Jerusalem. One of those letters we call 1 Peter. We're going to look at that, just a few verses tonight. And the big idea of kind of what we're, we're going to see Peter write to the churches, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is this, that Christ died for us, that we might die to sin and be healed. So let's dig into that. If you've got a Bible, open it up to 1 Peter chapter 2. Starting in verse 21, Peter would write to the church, the man who had been deeply redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He's, he's a blood-bought saint and he has, he's not going back to the other way of living. He would write this to the church and he would say, for to this you have been called. And he's talking about suffering here. You've been called to suffering is what he's telling the church. Because Christ also suffered for you. Leaving you an example. So that you might follow in His steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in His mouth. When He was reviled, He did not revile in return. When He suffered, He, he didn't threaten. Listen to this. But continued entrusting Himself to the one who judges justly. It is a historical fact that Christ died. No matter where you're at tonight, in your faith with Jesus, your walk with Jesus, it is, it is fact that Christ died. It is also fact that Christ is risen. The question is, it is, a, is it a personal truth to you? It is, a personal, is it a personal truth that Christ died for you? Do you follow Him? Is it a personal truth for you? Because He had you and your sin on His shoulders the day that He conquered Calvary. The day that He sat under the weight 
and judgment of sin that His Holy Father in Heaven would put on Him because of our sin. Could you imagine if Jesus were to look at His circumstances and trust them? Could you imagine if He were, if he were to, to, to look at the fact that, that it was a phony claim? Could, could you imagine if He were to look at the fact that there were all these, these threats and this reviling that was happening? Could you imagine if He responded to those circumstances instead of entrusting Himself to the One who judges justly? There would have been a different outcome. You see, you and I would have done that. We would have pulled out every alibi in the book, but He didn't because His eyes were not fixed on what was before Him. He looked to, to what the Father had in store for you and for me. Church, before the beginning of the world, the, the Father had a plan to crush the serpent. The one that ushered sin into the world through temptation. The one church who, who takes and takes and takes and takes from you. We see tonight that Jesus gives and He gives and He gives and He gives far more than the enemy has ever taken from us. That you might die to sin. Christ suffered for you that you might die to sin. So 1 Peter 2.24 goes on to say this, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So the cross was an example of how we die to sin. Think about it like this. The cross isn't just something that's done for you. It's something that's done to you. So Jesus would say, you know, if anyone comes to, to be my disciple, he's got to take up his cross daily and follow me. That there's an element of suffering in our redemption that makes us like Jesus. And so church, are you suffering today? Is the cross on your back? If it is, you're in good company. Because Jesus says this is what we're to expect. Now, now here's what He's saying about what it means to die to sin. Because if you're anything like me, your heart feels anything but dead to sin. Am I right? You just see it just going after sin left and right. Even today. Even this afternoon. Even on your way here. Even once you got here. You see your heart going after sin. Here's what Jesus' death and resurrection did for us. He enables us to die to the lie of sin. What's the lie of sin? The lie of sin is this. Is that there's another way to find satisfaction in this life. That there's another way, there's another promise that we can go after that would give us hope and security in life. He gives us grace and convinces our hearts of a better story, a better narrative. One that Peter began to believe, but he didn't begin to believe it until he had seen himself as a deep sinner and a deeply loved saint. Church, here's the truth. We're blood-bought saints. That's what Jesus came to do. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. If the blood of Christ is not applied to our hearts, if the cross is not our cross, then there is no forgiveness. There is no hope. There is no joy. But because of what Jesus has done, it is ours. Christ suffered for you that you might die to sin and be healed. Let's see what Peter writes to the church in 1 Peter 2.25. He says, By His wounds you have been healed. He's 
referencing Isaiah, isn't he? For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. So what's it mean to be healed? You know, I I have an idea of what I think it means to be healed. And I don't know about you, but I typically think of only the physical. Church, Jesus will do that. We just sang about it. He will come and He will will redeem all of creation, our broken bodies, these broken systems. He'll redeem it all. But He's going to start with what matters most, and that's our hearts. He's come to heal our hearts. What does it mean for you and I to experience the the healing power of the Gospel in our hearts? It means that we return to Jesus. That's what He says in 1 Peter 2. We've all, like sheep that have gone astray, we've all went our own ways. We were born running. But now because of the Jesus that meets us on the beach of Galilee, when we've put Him on the cross, we can return to Him because we know that He loves us. Listen to the love of God. It comes from Luke 15. Listen to how He describes it. Jesus says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he, this is Luke 15, 4-7, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, what's he do? He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, this is a parable Jesus tells. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Church, do you need to repent today? Because Jesus is the one that seeks you when you're running, going back to the family business on the, on the Sea of Galilee, and he, he comes after you and He hunts you down and He wants to dine with you. He wants to fellowship with you. This is our Jesus. And this is what He came to do. He came to heal our hearts through His life, through His death, and through His resurrection. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to You tonight as uh, guilty, broken sinners. They just need to be healed. But the truth is, we don't know how deeply we need to be healed. But you did. And that's what kept you on the cross. Is that you were going to finish the job. You were going to finally heal all that had been broken. Restore. Make whole. All that had been broken. And I find it interesting is the way that you desire to express your love and fellowship with us is over a meal. It's what you did with Peter and the disciples on the shore of Galilee after they had put you on the cross. It's what you want to do tonight. We come to the the table tonight. The Lord's table. Because Jesus tells us to remember His death. That there's something that happens in you and in me when we remember the death of Jesus. We remember 
that He knew everything about us. And yet He stayed. He stayed on the cross. And then He, just like Peter, He did with Peter, He keeps coming to us. And so this table is for those, we're going to remember His death tonight, this table is for those that follow Jesus. If, if, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, um, we would encourage you to let the cup pass. But to take hold of Jesus, to enter in to His kingdom, to, to be a blood-bought saint through your profession of faith in Jesus and His work and begin to worship Him. We'd love to help you do that tonight. For those of you who come stumbling in, knowing that it was your sin that nailed Him to the cross, He says, come have a meal with me. That's all over now. The cross is over. He's still working on your behalf. But enter into my joy, enter into my presence. And so on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread. And after he'd given thanks for it, church, he, he broke it. And he told his disciples, This is my body given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And, and likewise, after the cup, after the, the meal, he lifted the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink this in remembrance of me. For as often as you, you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. You see, it's the cup of the new covenant because our Father in heaven now relates to us in a new way. He there's an expanded promise that we now have that we are secured because Jesus' blood has spoken once and for all. And we meet in a middle school. It's beautiful. Because the Holy Spirit's here with us and He wants to dine with us. He wants to, he wants to apply the, the work of Jesus freshly to our hearts. And so I'm going to pray for us and we're going to we're going to receive the meal like we've never received it before, church, with deep gratitude and thanksgiving. So let's pray. Father, we come to You, the One who sent Your Son to make a way for us, God. That, that promise that You made in Genesis 3.15 that You would ultimately crush the head of, of Satan for all He had done to Your creation. It rings true in us tonight and we just long for more of it. I pray for those that are just, God, they're just, they're barely gonna, they're barely making it to the table tonight. Lord, I just ask that you would comfort them by the power of your Holy Spirit and that you would give us a revived and renewed sense of your presence with us and that we would worship deeply tonight as we remember the cross. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The way that we receive the Lord's table here at New City Church is there'll be four stations around the room. The, the two in the front will have two stations of wine and bread, and in the back, two stations of grape juice and bread. And you'll simply tear a little bit of the loaf off and dip it into the wine or the grape juice and, and return to your seat. And we're, we're going we're gonna to sing to the Lord a bit more uh, before we go uh, this Good Friday. So let's come and, and dine with Jesus, church. He's eager to have us.